Amen. We're talking about relationships again. Hallelujah. Awesome. And we're going to be getting into a little bit of marriage and a little bit of other stuff. Um, kids are in the service, so we're not going to be going to that other three-letter word. But, <laughs> but yes, it's going to be amazing. Are you guys ready? So, you know, relationships are so important, so important. And we want you guys to experience the riches of relationships in our lives. It's so important. Remember what we said in the very first session of this series, I was speaking about you get wicked and evil people, you get, you get uh, simple people, foolish people, and then you get good people. And when you find good people in your life, hang on to them as a matter of life and death. Amen? Yeah. Because guess what? God works through people. God blesses your life. God enriches your life through people. Amen? You know, some of these guys are so spooky spiritual. They reckon, you know, they're having six, they've had six uh, um, in-person Bible, Bible uh, lessons with, the Holy, with Jesus Christ. He came into their prayer room. You know, you're so spooky spiritual. God's going to work through your wife. God's going to work through your husband. God's going to work through your friends. God's going to work through those people who have the same vision running through their veins as you have. Amen? Are you with me? God works through the person sitting right next to you. Just give him a bump and say, Buti, sissy, I'm watching you, man. Good, healthy relationships are probably the most important, uh, important factor to keep you on track. Did you know that? Good, healthy relationships are the most important factor to keep you on track. Just think about it. There's been people that come in and out of your lives that could who have come in and out of your lives, if you weren't wise enough, if you didn't know how to determine what's good, if you hadn't exercised your, your uh, senses for wrong and right, like it says in Hebrews 5, I mean, you could have possibly been taken off of track. Amen? How many times I've had to make that decision in my life when, you know, people that are really fun and really cool to be around, and I mean, they can, they're just a blast. But after a while, you realize, you know what? I have to actually cut this relationship off because... It's not edifying me, you know? It's not edifying. It's maybe stimulating my senses, but I need to build with people that have the same vision, the same likeness as I have for the future. Amen? I want the future that God has for me, not what my friends have for me. Yeah. And I want friends that have the same future. Even Pitbull knows this wisdom, guys. He sings about it in his song. He says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. How does it go? Everybody know that song? <laughs> I mean, if Pitbull can get it, surely we can get it. Amen? God is good. God is good. I don't know you want to jump in, Bash. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that Pitbull song, if I'm honest. <laughs> Which song is it? Oh, okay. Anyway, that, oh, that's is it a bad yeah. song. Okay. I only know that line, though. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yo, she's calling you out on your scene. I know, I know. Jeez, that's rough. That's <laughs> good, you see? Good people keep you yeah. accountable. <laughs> but it, it's, it's actually a strange phenomenon, you know, because I, I like that, spir that spooky spiritual example because um, the practicality of the gospel is what? That we bear fruit, right? That we bear fruit. And even when we see discipline in the New Testament, it's not got to do with anything else except your fruit. Are you with me? Is that are we acting in the same that we claim? Are you guys with me? And, uh, and when you look at it, when how are we dealing with people, a lot of people will say, um, you know, there, there's two extremes, 
right? Now I'm cutting those friends off. I'm, you know, they're, they're not good for me, everything. But it's also a self-service, you know? And then how do we save? Then there's the other extreme of how do we save the lost then? What, what do we do, you know? We can't just be in our holy huddle. And the important thing we need to realize is what is God producing in your heart? That's the key about these relationships. Because you see, when God is building it in your heart, what you're going to do automatically to those friends who don't see or who don't know, you're going to be like, hey, check this out. This is like something hectic. And they're going to be like, nah, I don't know if it's for me, you know, sort of thing. And I promise you what starts to happen because your own value system changes, you realize, okay, God's pulling me in a direction here, you know, and, and, and I'm going. So... Before, it's the thing of, oh, no, my friend doesn't come to church. I can't be friends with him. That's not what we're saying, right? What we're saying is that what is God building in your own heart? And that what he's building in your own heart, are you pulling the people in? Or are they pulling you away from what God's doing in your heart? Because that's what's key, guys. It's not about I'm a better Christian or I'm more holy, you know, that sort of thing. And that element now still pulls into our relationships. You know, uh, the marriage we're going to talk about now, etc. But the thing is this, is that the key is selflessness. Everyone say selflessness. Because people want to cut off bad friends to preserve themselves. Are you with me? Cut off bad influences to preserve themselves. And I'm not saying there's not an element in there. But the key is, is that the decision to cut them off or to correct them or to pull them towards God or anything like that is based on selflessness. Are you with me? And your selflessness comes from what? Being found in Christ. Dying, you know? Amen, amen. Isn't it crazy, guys, that, you know, when we think about mentorship or we're thinking about having a reference for life, we're always thinking about our bosses or CEOs and when it pertains to our, our careers. But we never think about it in terms when it comes to relationships. We don't pay enough attention to it. You know, when in my prayer time, I was thinking about it the other day. You know, who are the good people that have been a good reference, a good example in my life for my marriage or how to be a father? Who are, who are those people? You know, and I come from a broken home. I come from quite uh, um, Argentina Turner type of setup. I don't know if you guys have watched the movie Argentina Turner, but um, my mom was a famous singer and my, my dad was a famous sportsman. And uh, they never had the best of relationships. There was always fighting. There was always arguing. Praise the Lord, my dad never lifted his hands to my mom. But I came from a, rela a, a household where it was pretty broken. You know, it, it wasn't very functional. It was functionally dysfunctional. Let's put it that way, you know. It worked, even though it was broken. But I, I had to take stock the other day when I was putting this together. And I was thinking, you know, it's so important to have those people in our lives, you know. Because you know, there's temptations that are going to come into your life. I mean, let's say you're 30 years old now or 25 years old and you're busy building your family and a home and, and, you, and you're trying to get stuff done and set life up, you know? And over the next 30, 40, 50 years, even if you're walking with the Lord, do you think that temptation is not going to come around? Do you think that temptation to work with your money in a selfish way is not going to come around? Do you think that uh, uh, lack is not going to come into your heart where you get tempted to feel wanted because you've been with a partner for 20 years? You know? That's why we've got all these women running around squirting Botox everywhere. You know? There's nothing wrong with it, but what I'm saying is sometimes it's getting done out of a lack. It's not getting done out of maintenance. <laughs> Sheldon enjoyed that one. 
Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with it. Go Botox your, your eyebrows right to the back of your head. Doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with it. But what's the motive? Why are you doing it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you can look younger. That's fine. Go for it. You know, God, God doesn't have an issue with that at all. But what I'm saying is we need to have those people, those good, solid, consistent, fruit-bearing people that in our lives, because good people in our lives will keep away the bad people. Amen? Good people in our lives will keep away the lack, the sense of lack and that driving force where you need to go prove that you're okay again. Let me go buy a car that I can't afford. You know? <laughs> Let me go buy a house that's like, you know, in this gated village or whatever that's like 40,000 rand more than what I can afford every month. For what? For what? You need the good person. You need the wise person. You need the consistent person that comes to you and goes, listen, my brother, why? Why? Because in that moment, the BMW looks awesome. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm cool. He looked at you. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, and, and I think to myself, who's, who's been that person? Who's been that? And they're not even sometimes reborn Christians. Sometimes they're just people that have been brought up so, so solid in their lives by their parents that there's a consistency in their lives that I can learn from. 100%. Don't be so spooky spiritual, man. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. That's it. And someone like that for me is, has been my father-in-law. When, when, when I look at Trisha's dad... He is such an amazing example. I've seen this guy go through hell and back. And you know what? He refuses to talk about the people that have hurt him. I've seen him literally get his business, his business that he inherited from his father stolen from him about 15 years ago. I saw that man broken on his porch thinking, how's he going to feed his family for weeks? And you know what? Would not... If anyone wanted to say something about the man who stole it from him, he would correct them. Let me tell you something. That stuff built something inside of me. You know what I'm saying? As a young man, because I saw this as a, young, as a young man who had just gotten married. I never saw some guys chasing Porsches and big houses and big turnovers. And Are you with me? I saw somebody who was just solid, got up every day, lived for his wife, lived for his family. Amen? And those kinds of things instill something inside of us. I need that. You need that. We all need that. We need consistency in our lives. We need those pillars of people that can teach us. Amen? Man, we've got to be so, uh, um, how can I say, appreciative for those kinds of folks in our lives. You've got to search and seek them out. Are you with me? When you build relationships, don't just accept any two-bit people in your life, please. Make sure they're people of, of, of substance. Make sure they're people of weight, especially if you're getting married to them. I mean, the scriptures tell us, what does lightness have to do with, with the dark? Lightness have to do with dark. Lightness. What does the light have to do with dark? Like, uh, lightness? lightness? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Are you with me? This is basic stuff, guys, but we, we overlook this stuff because why? We're so busy chasing after the things to try and prove to ourselves that we are something. You know, just stop and just look around and take stock. There's some really, really special people around you. Appreciate them, Amen. you know. Amen. 
gotta we gotta be lovers of wisdom, man. That's Absolutely. that's the truth. And uh, you know, if you if you truly look at anyone in your life or maybe online you're following people and there's some level of success there, you know, you don't need to have the same motive that they have, but you can take the same wisdom. Are you guys with me? Because you must remember, wisdom is not uh, uh, um, reserved for Christians. Yes, God's wisdom is different from the world's wisdom. That is scriptural, right? But if, if there is an unbeliever who's the best mechanic in the world, learn something from him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday episode. You guys know Jordan Peterson? So on this, on this interview, he speaks to Stephen Fry. You guys know Stephen Fry? Now, it's very interesting because Peterson's on this journey about, you know, he believes in Jesus, but he doesn't know how yet. You know, he's taking that journey. And obviously, Stephen Fry is completely on the other side. You know what I'm saying? And I promise you, um, you listen to the way these guys talk about Because you must listen, they are probably so intellectual. They could talk circles around all of us. Like, seriously. Yeah. These guys quote this book, that writer, this event, that piece of history, that research paper. It's crazy. Like, just off the top of their heads, you know? And, uh, but I was, I was just listening to what they were saying. And I promise you, the way they understand how people work and the way they understand what drives us, how, you know, the mechanics in our hearts work and everything. Obviously, they're just discussing to no end, right? But it sheds so much light for me because having the foundation of Christ and understanding that we're not of this world and we understand that our righteousness in Christ and all those, those truths, but hearing how these guys through countless hours of effort and study and practice and research you know, put together this discussion that they're having was as absolutely mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing, I promise you. So guys, make sure that wherever you're going, you are learning what you can learn. Are you with me? Learning every single piece that you can. Because you see, when the Bible speaks about honor, right, it talks about having value for. That's what it means. I don't know, me, I've heard many, many uh, explanations about honor your mother and your father. You know, you guys know that one? And it was always obedience. That was it. <laughs> it's like, I hate you, but I listen well, as, to you. Well, as a father, we like that <laughs> one. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, but it's always obedience, you know? But the truth is, the actual meaning of the word is value. Value. And that is our number one privilege when we, when we call ourselves the sons and daughters of God. Because we have this thing called intrinsic value. You know what that means? It means our value is given to us. Our value is independent of ourselves. And God wants us to walk with that same perspective. Love, wisdom. You know, I've had many discussions with Liverpool fans. Let me tell you, right? And in the beginning, it didn't go so well because, I mean, Liverpool, I mean, really. Why Where's you even, the wisdom in there? I mean, really, it's terrible, you know? But the truth is, you listen to how these guys understand and express what they love, it's truly something to appreciate. Amen? So we need to, like you're saying, you know, humble ourselves and actually appreciate, wow, but you know what? That person's really successful in that. You know? Regardless of his motive, he could be doing it for self-worth, he could be doing it for all these things, but he's doing it in a way that works. You know what I'm saying? It's producing. So if I can take that and bring it to a correct motive, I'm saving myself time. Yeah. I'm saving myself energy. I'm saving myself, uh, uh, you know, hardship and heartache and all these things. Amen? So look at the person next to you. Say, hey, learn to love wisdom. 
Wisdom, the thing everybody needs but nobody wants. <laughs> eh? Isn't that the truth, folks? Everybody needs it, but nobody's willing to sit down and listen. Yeah. And we've got all these influences today. Wow, man. There's so many influences on, on uh, Instagram and Facebook and everywhere you look. Everyone's an expert. And then you look, and you know how people judge whether they are good influences or not? They look down at the bottom and they see three, 350,000K followers. Must be something, yeah. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> That's scary. Please don't ever do that. Are you with me? Please don't do that. I mean, Led Zeppelin had thousands of followers. Millions. I don't think there was much they could teach anyone except how to play guitars or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because the rest of, rest of their stuff was totally demonic. <laughs> Are you with me? We don't look at the substance by the followers. Amen? We've got to be so careful. What has happened to society, guys? I mean, you watch the Kardashians. Just look at these people. No, don't look at them. You're right. I mean, come on. We have substituted heroes, wise people, people who have been through hell and back and are able to show us the way. We've substituted heroes for celebrities. What is a celebrity? Somebody that has gotten to a place because of their talent? But they've got zero character. And we look at it and we go, geez, these people have really got something to give. No, they don't. They're actually just taking and taking and taking. And they need you to like that and subscribe that and push the button so that they can take some more. Are you with me? We've got to know. We've got to learn from people. Look around. Because Kim Kardashian ain't going to teach you how to forgive and forget, how to move on when you've been hurt. Are you with me? Yeah. These are the kinds of traits. Watch people, see how they pay their bills. You know how much you can learn from somebody who just pays their bills on time? Hello? Yeah. It's one of the biggest things today. People, they don't like to pay now. They like to buy now, pay later. Okay? Paying their bills. Personal problems, how they respond to personal challenges and personal problems. That's where you're going to find your hero. Are you with me? How do they father their homes? How, do they, how, does the mom, how has the mom set up the heart of the home? These are the things that we've forgotten about in modern day society. We're just looking at how many people follow and how important, I mean, how much money they make. You know, this all of a sudden, how much money you make qualifies you to talk into people's lives. Since when? Since when, guys? Where did this all go? Where did it all go wrong, should I say? Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, let's just look for, for euros and stop following celebrities. Amen? You want to think, you, you want to watch Kim Kardashian. She's probably got like a chef, three, three handmaids. Uh, she's got everybody doing everything for her. And when she has a child... And when she has a baby and she has to bring the baby up, she's got a, a live-in, uh, um, what do you call it, people that look after the babies? Little live-in nanny. And then you want to look at her and go, wow, that's such an example. Dudes, that's out of your reach. You don't have money for three handmaids, a chef, and a nanny. <laughs> Hello. Well, that's quite a payroll, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you, are you with me? What happened, to, what happened to the ladies, the domestic workers that have been working in our houses for three, four, five thousand rand a month who have six kids? They walk to work every day for how, for how many kilometers? They work all day long. They go home and they have to cook all night long and still feed their babies. That's worthy That's of praise. That's worthy of honor. That's it. Not some foolish person who has put their body up for sale and become famous because she had a sex tape released and now she's got enough money to pay for all the people to serve her. How could you still have enough sense to put the channel on and watch that? Especially as a child of God. Yep. Oh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're polluting yourself. You're confusing yourself. If you keep in your heart soft towards that in any little way, you are causing confusion. Yep. You are mystifying the path. Amen? Amen? Absolutely. Turn to the person next to you say, don't watch the Kardashians, please. <laughs> Become the Kardashians' rival. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, we'll subscribe to you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So we get in there, folks. We get in there. Amen. I mean, we get in there with the message. <laughs> <laughs> but but just just on that, guys. You know, don't ever fall into the trap. And I like to use this example, right? Any tennis fans here? Anyone knows tennis? Okay, right. Now, for those of you sitting here, okay, Roger Federer fans. Anyone? Woo! Newsflash, Roger Federer is not the greatest tennis player of all time. <laughs> Listen, Roger Federer is probably the best for the sport of all time. I agree with that fully. But if you want to talk about tennis, he's not. St statistically, Novak is the machine. He knows it. Now, why am I making that point, right? Is because, like this thing we're talking about wisdom now, right? Let's say that guy is a millionaire. And, and in today's world, there are, between the age of 20 and 30, the internet billionaires, you know, they made their money from uh, uh, marketing agencies and social media management, you know, all that stuff. There's plenty of them, right? As a child of God, guys, always see clearly. What does that mean? It means that if I look at Roger, Rafa, and Novak, right? Yeah, we're on a first name basis. Don't worry, it's cool, okay? <laughs> when I look at them, right? I'm just going to talk about their tennis. Are you with me? And that's okay. Because the way they play tennis isn't by no means wisdom for other areas of life. Are you guys with me? Right? So when you identify these people who have gifts and skills and they're very, very good, accept it for that. Because why? There is a person who walked this earth who gave us the example where it matters. Are you with me? Was Jesus a better player, te uh, player tennis, a tennis player? Was Jesus a better tennis player than Roger Federer? Absolutely. I would love to find out. I don't know, you know? I don't even know if Jesus likes tennis. He does. Jesus loves tennis. Jesus would call things as, as they were, <laughs> even though they weren't. No, that's cheating. So he would say, ball be over there. <laughs> and the ball would be over there. 300 kilometers an hour, ace. <laughs> Are you with me? Jesus came to give us the example for life. 
Yes, he, he would love me. the guy on the other side of the court so badly that the guy wouldn't want to win. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, I can't <laughs> beat you, Jesus. I just, <laughs> you know? But are you, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Is that, and, and this, is, this is the trap with, with the online presence as well, is that we're getting the angle of success, the one facet where they're being successful and we're making judgments of everything. Listen, as a child of God, make it your solemn duty to make sure that when you are looking for success where it matters in life, your heart, the fruit that's being produced, it's only one source, guys, Jesus. Jesus and any other influence tied to him. Are you with me? There are, there are men and women of God many, many years down the way that can give us the wisdom to walk uh, um, with God in a deeper sense. Are you with me? But that's all based on what? Jesus. Amen? There are other guys who have taken their skills and their gifts and they've become so good in a specific area. But we don't now don't go and take the key to finding peace in our heart from Roger Federer. Listen, when Roger Federer lost that final in 2019, that same pain he felt I was feeling, trust me. I had a physical pain in my chest, it was bad. <laughs> Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Christ has become for us wisdom. That's what the scripture tells us, he's become for us wisdom. So make sure, appreciate the gifts, appreciate the talent, appreciate the success, but when you are looking where to find life itself, there's only one. Amen? There's only one. Amen, we follow life. I mean, if, if you look at these influences enough, like I said, your, your view of life and your worthiness, your worthiness as an individual, especially woman, you know, you're watching these people. The next moment, you're going to think that, you know, to be a good wife or to be a good woman is, I've got to have this look, or my house has to look like something off Pinterest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the only time that we'll be successful or fulfilled or have meaning. Are you with me? We've got, we got to get down to the basics. Let's just call up three, uh, 2 Peter 3 verse 1. And, and we'll just have a look at what Jesus speaks about when he speaks about a woman, you know? And what is a woman supposed to look like? What, what is a woman supposed to portray? I think, I, I think I've given the correct uh, scripture. But um, I don't think so. let's see, is it second? No, go to First Peter. Yeah. Thanks. Let's check. Yeah, yeah First Peter 3 verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct, conduct of their wives. Wow. How does a woman win her husband's heart? By the way she carries herself. Her conduct. Not her lipstick and her fancy clothes and how many scatter cushions she's put on the couch. I mean, for flip's sakes... How many scatter cushions do you have to buy before it's enough, woman? I go visit my father-in-law. I'm basically sliding off the, the he, Even he goes, Father, bloody cushions back, man, as I believe. Am I right, babe? Every time I sit in his car, she says, Father, bloody cushions and sit on the believe. Did, you, did yeah. you ask what it is, though? I've never understood it. Every time we go, there's more cushions. What is going on? I just want to live a cushioned life. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, even if your husband doesn't obey the word, don't fight with him. Don't tell him he's a blankety-blank even though you feel like it in the moment. It says you will convince your husband. You'll sway him without a word. Maybe one, may he be won by the conduct of your heart. Go to the next verse. Whoa. Yo. It's a few chapters down, that. <laughs> a few books down. That's the wrong person. John and Peter, they're two different people. <laughs> Yeah. When they observe your chest con conduct accompanied by fear, do not let, in that fear there is respect, okay, reverence. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart Amen. with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Hello? What's going to win your husband over? Not the cushions. <laughs> Are you with me? That, that's how the husbands won the wives over. Yeah, have more cushions. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Are you with me, guys? But he's talking about the beauty of your heart, a quiet spirit, a spirit that is, is, uh, has put her head down and said, you know what, Lord, you made this marriage. You, you made us. You have the blueprint for marriage. It doesn't come from the court. It doesn't come from the kings. It comes from heaven. A marriage is this relationship that God has set apart. He has pulled apart from all other relationships. And it's holy for him. Are you with me? It's holy. This is the importance of doing marriage God's way. Because it's his thing. You can't take his stuff and do it your way. You're never going to get it right. Amen? But look at, look at wins over the husband. Look what wins over the other person. It's the gentle, quiet, submissive spirit that goes, Lord, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what we're going through here, I put my head down and I worship you from my heart. My husband will love me, he'll respect me, he'll follow me, he will do what he needs to do. He'll be submissive to me, because the Bible does say they must be submissive to each other. Yeah. But it's not going to come from dominance, or your beauty, or how many gym sessions you went and did during the week. It's going to come from a contrite spirit, a humble spirit, a beautiful spirit. Amen? It's always the case. It's never the external stuff, guys. It's never. I can tell you right now that no man needs, needs extra, extra cushions and stuff in his house. He just, wants, he just wants respect. So simple. A woman wants love and affection. A man wants respect. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, God's plan is the only plan that will succeed. Uh, let's carry on from there, Annie. Uh, okay, verse, yeah, five. Carry on from there. Because <clears throat> all the husbands are like, all the wives are like, where's the husband's piece? I mean, <laughs> these pastors just read what they want to read. My gosh. <laughs> For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. 
as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Next. Husbands, likewise. Okay, ladies, you happy? Okay, checking, okay. <laughs> Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. What's the key word there? Together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now this one's, this one's been flipped around a few times over the years because this is where marriage becomes spiritual warfare. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's not talking about anything, anything demon or blockages or all that stuff. It's, it's the same example that Jesus gave when he was explaining that, listen, before you offer your gift at the altar, go and make peace with your brother, right? He's not saying that God's not gonna accept your gift. He's saying that the, 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 the interference on your own conscience is going to affect your confidence when giving your gift. Because you know what's going to happen? If you're in a fight with, if Didi's in a fight with Trish, I was going to say with your wife. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was bad. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had the same problem last week. We did. But if Didi's in a fight with Trish and he goes in the room to pray, before he even thinks about God or anything, what's your heart telling you? How am I going to come pray here when I'm fighting with my wife? No, mine's saying, how am I going to win this fight? <laughs> To be honest with yeah. you, that's the first thing. No. And Trish is like, yeah, he's not going to pray. I know he's going to come out now. <laughs> but are you guys with me? Remember, the word was together. Together the grace of life. Amen? Together. And anyone here, I mean, you take any relationship. When there's friction in any relationship, how's your confidence internally? Jesse, man, I know Candace, over the years when she used to fight with me. Woo! And I know when it's my fault, eh? Just see, I'm trying to be normal. I'm trying to laugh. I'm trying to everything in my heart's like, listen, you sucker, just go say sorry. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Hey, hey, that's the wrong place to say amen. No, <laughs> Are you guys with me? How much more the union of marriage? That's the most intimate relationship, you know? Absolutely. And this is what he's trying to, 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 to point out here is that this grace of life is together. Are you with me? And the hindering of your prayers, listen, we know we're, we're established in Christ. There is no hindrance from God's side. Nothing is stopping God's flow to us. But he's saying, walk with the confidence in your heart that you're doing it God's way. Are you with me? Walk with that peace that God's grace produces. Amen? Amen. Are you guys getting something this morning? But you see, this is what the prosperity gospel has done to us. The prosperity gospel has taken away the depth of what the scripture calls a blessing or the blessing. And Christian couples are running after luxury, calling luxury blessings. Since when did luxury become a blessing? <laughs> Just by the way. Mr. Mr. Gospel, uh, prosperity gospel preacher. Christian couples are running after luxuries thinking that that's how God is showing his blessing on their marriage and that's going to keep them safe. This is the blessing. Did you know that we can never reduce the blessing to anything that can be earned by your hands? Say it again, Pastor. <laughs> the blessing can never be reduced to something that you can either steal, win, or earn. Because if that was the case, then all these 10 dripping years, they're so blessed. 
Amen? That's good. Then every oak who's won the lotto or hit the jackpot at the casino, he's blessed. He has extreme lack in his heart, but he, we think it's a blessing. Turn to the person and you say, luxury ain't no blessing, sucker. <laughs> Do you know that when we, when we'll go into it one of these days, we'll, we'll actually break down the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know, and every time it mentions the blessings, it mentions how they had a lot of things in their lives, but it never, ever says that was the blessing. That's it. Come on. But it gets distorted in church today. If you tithe, you will have the blessings of Abraham on your life. That wasn't the blessing of Abraham. If you study the blessing all the way through Isaac, Abraham, and and Jacob, you will see the blessing was always oil and bread. And you know what oil and bread comes down to? Communion with Jesus. Every blessing was tied to communion with Christ. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Somebody sees the value in the seed. (laughs) Amen. This is blessing. This is blessing right here. When a woman can actually show her beauty without any of the external stuff. I mean, how many times have you walked into mansions? And for the, the, first, the first thing that you see when you walk into the mansion is you're like, jeez, this is a nice place. But it takes a couple of minutes before you realize in your heart that it's not a, it's not a home. It's a nice big house, but it's not a home. Ever experienced that? Ever walked into a makuku? You know what a makuku is? Shanty town. Oh. I've walked into shanties in the locations and they felt more like a home than the mansions in Santon. You know why? Because the mother and the father and the son and the daughter, they live in a two by two square meter thing. But guess what? They honor, love, respect. When they eat a meal, they eat together. Let me tell you something, man. We've got to understand what a real blessing looks like. Do you know, there was something I was ex- explaining to the guys the other day, a band, I think it was, but I was watching this, 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 this guy who has gone around to all the, the blue zones around the world. Yeah. Anyone know what a blue zone is? A blue zone is where they are, they're like five blue zones across the planet, and in these blue zones, the average lifespan is 100 years old. So like the average person in town is 100. <laughs> A lot of them are Mediterranean, some of them in Greek, Greece, some of them in Italy, but they're all over the place. It's got to be the mozzarella, man. I don't know what it is, but it's the olive oil. But let me tell you something. So this guy studied, he went and lived in the blue zones and he studied the diets of these folks. And he, he did it for years. And then afterwards, he, he wanted to say thanks to them. He was his way out now, going back into, uh, you know, back to university or whatever to go teach the stuff. And he sat, and he, and he got up in front of all the folks in this one area called Etria in, Greek, in Greece. And uh, this is what he, he said. He said, thank you for letting me come into your lives. Thank you for letting me study your lives. And he said, I finally found what I was looking for. I know now why you guys live to 100 and something years old. And I'm going to take this information to the world, and I'm going to show them how to eat. 
because your diets are phenomenal, yeah? It's Mediterranean diets and all that kind of stuff. And he, and he, and he took the breakdown and he spoke about what he had learned about what people ate over the year that he was there. And he did this whole thing. And then this 103-year-old man got up, came and stood next to him, and he said, Doctor, I think his son is Bush. He said, Dr. Bush, thank you so much for that, those kind words about our community. He said, but I just want to say, before you leave, you got everything wrong. And this guy was like, what? He's like, got it all wrong. I've been studying you guys for a year. He's like, you got it all wrong. He said, what do you mean? He said, some people only eat meat in this village. They don't eat vegetables. Others are vegetarians. So your theory sucks. He said, there's one thing that makes us live long when we eat and how we eat. And he said, what is that? He said, we have a saying. When we speak to each other in this community, we don't ask each other, what did we have for dinner last night? We ask each other who we had over for dinner last night. And then he turned the thing around and he said to him, it's a tradition that we leave one chair open, hoping that when we put bread on the table, that somebody from the village will arrive for dinner and will be able to experience that person. And when we break bread, we break bread with joy and peace. And this is the sole reason of our longevity. Because we find value in the people, not in the meal. You were designed for people. You were designed for God and for people. Amen? Amen? The blessing is not what's on the table. The blessing is the family that's sitting with a heart that is connected around the table. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, you're my family. And I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Amen? God is so good. We're forgetting about all the stuff. The more technology is coming into our life and invading us, the more we're pulling away from each other. That's it. Are you with me, guys? Men, let's just, do you know that technology is not allowed to tell you what the future is going to be? We are just submitting to it. We have been given the authority on this planet over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beasts of the field. We can determine what and how much technology invades our life. But we're all just sitting here going, oh, it's a new technology. <laughs> you don't need to use it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, let's just go with it. They're going to plug something in the back of my head in two years' time. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, 100%. They are stealing everything from us. You know why? Because we're forgetting where we come from. We're forgetting what this is all about. And unfortunately, the messages we're hearing, even in the church, are not taking us back to the basics. They're making us run off to money and position so that we can be blessed. You are already blessed. Yeah. Jesus became the curse so that you could be blessed. Yeah. Amen? Live like you're blessed. Amen. Eat like you're blessed. Hallelujah. No, wait, Hallelujah. Wait, does that mean like amount or... Well, however. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You want to add something, Sheldon?
Well, let's go. Okay. Okay, so are you guys in a hurry? Can we do this quick? It's a very good question. So Sheldon said, how does the word depict to us how a man honors a woman, especially if they are the weaker vessel or seen as the weaker vessel or if they're not in the same spiritual place? So I want you to go to Ephesians 5 quickly for me. I'm going to go through it quickly, but we'll spend more time on it next week. Uh, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 5 1. 21. No? No, no, 5 1. 5 1. Yeah. It should be, isn't it? From, yeah. Let's check. Submit to another one. Oh, sorry, 5 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, okay? Uh, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, okay? Here we go. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. It's God's blueprint for marriage, okay? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And we'll stop her right there. But now did you see that? So the husband has to wash his wife with the word. It's the, it, this is why I always say this. When a husband looks at his wife, if he's not happy with his wife... It's his fault. He hasn't washed his wife. See, the husband has to edify and wash the wife to the point where she stands before him without spot, without wrinkle. That's what it says. It says, wash your wives. Wash them how? Wash them in the word and with love, edifying, building them up, so that when you look at your wife and you present your wife to yourself, you are a blessed man. You are a happy man. Yeah. You have a solid, solid home. Why? Because you are the one that has washed your wife. Yeah. Doesn't matter if your wife is uh, weaker spiritually or if she's, whatever it is, you trust the Lord to work that out in your relationship. And if you need to humble yourself, if you need to uh, get a strategy from the Holy Spirit, get it. But make sure you wash her to the point where she's without spot, without wrinkle. Now, it says love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave his life for the church. That's it. Amen? Yep. You don't chase off the dreams and hope your wife follows you. No, 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 no. You give up your dream for your wife. And uh, <laughs> I've had people come to me and say, hey, Pastor, we need to pray about this. I've got a new job opportunity. I'm going to have 50 grand more. I'm like, geez, that sounds good. Sounds good, man. Tell me more about it. Okay, so I'm going to be gone for three years. It's like with your family. I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. No, You're going to be gone for three? Yes, I'm going to be gone three years working in Europe, and uh, my wife and my kids are staying here. I just need to pray about it. Um, and, you know, I'm like, listen, we don't have to pray about it, you stupid. <laughs> you know? 
This can't end well. <laughs> you don't leave your wife and kids here for money. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah. What, kind, what do you think this is? Are you playing some game and they just got to like, you know, catch up with you all, time, all the time? No, you've got to wash your wife mm. so that when you look at your wife, you are full in your heart. If you look at your wife and you're not, you can't blame your wife. Amen? Mm. You can't blame your in-laws. Mm. You sure? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's important that we, we understand that it's all through faith, guys. Absolutely. You know, the... the, the the counter argument is like, yeah, but he's like this or she's like that. God's telling you submit to his model. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, when, uh, um, when you need righteousness or you're feeling condemned in your heart, you don't go through a whole list as to why the condemnation needs to be there. What does the word tell us? It says by faith, you believe in the righteousness you have in Christ. It's no different with this model. You know what I'm saying? Is that, they don't need to give you a reason to honor them. You need to honor them because you have faith in God's model. Are you with me? If you're struggling to stand ground and implement the word, you don't need to wait on their reaction. You need to have faith in God's model. Are you with me? That's what it comes down to because God said this is how it works harmoniously. Amen? Can you put it back up and then we'll finish reading it to the end and then we'll be done. Thanks. It's not my fault, guys. He asked the question. <laughs> but are you guys cool with this? Yeah. You cool with it? Okay. Submitting to one another. Okay, we got that part. Just go to 23. Thanks, Dylan. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body, as he, and he is. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Keep going that he might sanctify, cleanse her with washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. No man has ever hated his own body. Love your wife as if your own body. That's what it says. Keep going. For we are members of this body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You see the mystery? When God depicts marriage, he depicts Christ and the church. And just as Christ died for us and now presents us to himself as without spot, without blemish, holy and satisfi satisfying, the same is with marriage. It's a beautiful thing. And it must be done his way. And if you're thinking about dating someone that's not in this framework or doesn't see the value in this framework, don't do it. Amen? Amen. Give God a big round of applause. Yes. 
We'll break this down next week. We're going to go into a bit of parenting. We'll break down the marriage thing more next week. And it's going to be really, really awesome, I promise you. Do you guys get something? Is God good or is God good? God is good. Amen.